Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Week 5 of the Fantasy Football Season. Welcome to the Waiver Wired Podcast. I'm Jen Piacenti here with Eddie Murphy at that Eddie Murphy on Twitter. And we're here to get you ready for week five uh, to help you set winning lineups and to help you with the waiver wire, just like the name of our podcast. Eddie, how was your weekend? How did your fantasy football teams do? It's been such a crazy start to the season. Are you starting to normalize it all? I am not entirely like I'll some players you expect to do well play a little bit better. I know like Aaron Rodgers said he had a tough game. I have him on one team. Um, and you know, he got ended up finishing up with a decent amount of points, like guys like that. But I think I you know across the league right now, like we're seeing the most amount of parity early on in like quite some time. And I think we're usually nor like, you know, we're used to certain teams just elevating at this point. It hasn't really happened. Certain players elevate elevating at this point it really hasn't happened. And I think across the board, everyone's kind of struggling in fantasy. And I was going over some of my drafts that I had, and I'm looking at these like first, second, third round picks, and I'm like, man. Like, it, it is just crazy. And again, it's early. We're only going into week five, and it's a 17-week season, but very, very strange early on. It's early. We're going to get into that. Um, I had the best fantasy football week I've had so far. I think I only lost in one of my leagues, uh, which nice. is pretty good considering how many I play in. But it took that long for me to get on track. But I think I've finally kind of figured out what's going on, noticed some patterns. And that's kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today today. There's been a lot of news, a lot of changes, a lot of people wondering which quarterbacks to stream. Um, We lost Javante Williams this week. We'll we'll dig into all of it. Um, But first, I have to say it was really cool to watch the Manning cast and uh, see the Manning brothers um, and and John Hamm bring up Sal and Dave and the kick out of the fantasy league. And like, are we are we like celebs by proximity? Because, like, surely we can say that we're their fantasy football advisors somehow, right? They must listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Jen, you've <laughs> been on uh, EP, you've been on AL, you've been on all the shows on the network pretty much, uh, minus three, going, giving us the fantasy advice. And this is the league that, you know, Sal and Dave and, and obviously John Hamm have played in quite some time. And so, yeah, we're celebrities. That This is by far, we're attached to, like, by far the most famous, um, you know, celebrity fantasy football league that everyone now, you know, millions and millions of people watching Monday Night Football <laughs> saw that. And now the Manning brothers who, you know, we were coworkers with, they know about it. And uh, the funniest part too, is not only are we like celebs, but we actually have like pull in what they talk about, because I'll let you know, and the listeners know that I'm pretty sure that Sal and uh, Kevin Hench kind of had a play in that whole uh, segment. They kind of tossed it over to Omaha and said, Hey, by the way, if you want to bring this up, this is what happened. And they said, that's an awesome idea. The producers told them and Peyton brought it up. So it's pretty awesome. And it's such a good story. I mean, it legitimately is. If you guys haven't seen the video of John Hamm kicking Dave out of the league, you, you got to see it because it is brilliant. And I actually kind of feel like somehow this episode is going to be devoted to Dave in many ways because a, a big lot of theme Steelers, yeah. is going to be Steelers today. We're going to talk a lot about the Steelers today. I think that they may have just gotten a little bit more interesting for your fantasy team. We'll dive into that shortly. Um, as far as our picks this week, Eddie, I did not do so great. Seven and seven and one. Um, but at least I didn't lose money, right? You mm-hmm. had a killer week. You went 10 and four and one. 
Jen, I needed that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I needed that badly. I was like at 15 wins. I had a rough week one with the one right, which is like almost impossible. And uh, I needed a really, really good week. Like I was just talking about before, a lot of parity. But the last week before this, I kind of just did the Costanza, did the opposite of what I thought. It was okay. I had a solid week. But this one, I just felt the board was a little bit easier. Um, I felt there were two locks of the centuries, one being my Giants, the other one being the Cardinals. Um, both games probably a little closer than they should have been, but I, I love those two games. But uh, it, what's so funny about that, Jen, is that we're both now tied. We're both 25, 33, and 2 overall. So me and you are probably like right in the middle of the pack. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to keep slowly improving all season long. Yeah, we got to get better. But you know what? I think it's funny. It's just that it's been a really strange start to the season. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been bizarro. So yeah. I think now I'm starting to get a little bit of the feel. So hopefully we're back in the zone. Uh, Randy Russell won our pick'em contest. He got 13 right. And Mike Vile got eight right. And the prop quiz. So congratulations, guys. You're getting a gold hat. If you guys want to play along with us, you can enter every single week. Extrapoints.com slash arcade. You can play the pick'em contest with us. If you win the uh, the regular contest, um, you get $100. If you mm-hmm. win the prop contest, you get a golden cap. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep, that right. you got it right. Okay, um, let's get to some big news. There is a lot of big news. First of all, we haven't talked since the two attack of Iloa thing. Um, yeah. I can't remember if it was on this podcast or a, diff- or a radio show where I was saying... I didn't feel comfortable starting Tua on Thursday night because I was afraid he wouldn't be able to complete the game. Unfortunately, that did come true. Um, a lot of talk about you know whether concussion protocols were followed. It was certainly uncomfortable to watch the game. Most I think definitely. maybe that's what matters is that the fans think it looks bad and brutal. A lot of concern for Tua. But right now he is in concussion protocol. He is certainly not playing this Sunday. It will be Teddy Bridgewater under center. Does this change how you feel about the other players in Miami? Uh, I'll also weigh in a little bit on how I feel about some of them. Yeah, well, number one, obviously, like you just said, send, you know, best wishes to, uh, towards Tua. Apparently, you know, he's in good spirits. So, you know, they, there was tweets that he was watching movies and everyone said he's doing okay. I know he put out a statement too, which is good to hear. Um, I don't know why he played, I mean, back to back weeks with pretty miserable injuries. Um, it's, it's scary. And I, I hope that the NFL does figure out that concussion protocol because we want to see our players healthy and playing for a very long time. And especially for Tua, you know, a guy that's been through the ringer and now he's finally having a great season. Can I just say one thing? Uh, of course he played, right? Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, we talked he, about this last week with to. Justin Herbert. Of course yeah. he played. They always want to play. And sure. it really is the coach's responsibility. This is the same conversation we had about Brandon Staley to be the adult in the room and say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's one game. This is more important. We need you for the rest of the season. This is more important, your health for yourself and for our team in the long term. Because look, they're still without Tua, sure. right? They're yeah. going to miss a game with Tua either way. So the question is, he clearly wasn't right. Now, whether or not it was from this back injury, ankle injury, or concussion is debatable because back injuries actually can also uh, have similar effects. So it's possible that all that is true. Either way, he shouldn't have been playing. Should not have been playing. With, without a doubt. And you're 100% right, Jen. He, Of course, he wanted to play especially him, uh, you know, there's so many quarterbacks this year with like this sort of uh, make or break season and exactly. the Dolphins, a lot of people are like, Hey, the roster's getting pretty good. Plus you got a new regime in there now too. So they have the excuse of like, Oh, well, sorry Tua, you weren't that great this year. You missed a couple of games. Like we're going to, we're going to kick you off the team. We're going to move on to somebody else in the draft. Like you don't, 
he doesn't want that to happen because he's playing great. So, I mean, you know, they're playing the Jets this week. I know the Jets did beat the Steelers, and we'll get into the Steelers and the Jets too, I'm sure, down the road in this pod. But I, I think Teddy, Teddy is a guy that – I, I, like two is pushing the ball. Tyreek Hill looks awesome with him. Uh, I think you still would, I still would play, especially those, you know, Hill and, and Waddle because they're going to get theirs. Um, I think, you know, lately your most has been the guy in the backfield has, you know, he's beating out, um, Edmonds in the snap count and touches and stuff. So you, you probably still play those guys, but I think that that big play factor, like those big 40 plus yard touchdown pass, you're not going to see that with Teddy. Teddy's going to play it safe. He's going to be conservative. He's going to check it down. Maybe that, you know, you want to start, um, I don't, know, I don't know if you want to start Gasicki tight end, but I feel like he he's a guy that may look towards him. But it's you're just missing like those. You're not going to get a five touchdown game from Teddy B like when Tua did. So no, you're not. Um, I, you do start Tyreek Hill though, no matter what. Sure. Uh, Tyreek Hill was quoted as saying, "I can put up points with whatever reporter asked him the question as quarterback," and I'm sure that he can. It's also hard to sit Waddle, but we did see Waddle have a down day, obviously, without Tua. Tyreek was still great. Um, he just is a playmaker, so you're always starting Tyreek. You're correct about that backfield. Uh, it is shaking out to be more of Mostert's backfield. I think we talked about that a week or two ago. This week, I actually targeted a player prop for Raheem Mostert of over 38 and a half rushing yards because he had been getting more of that early down work than Chase Edmonds. And I knew that Tua was a little banged up. So that, that cashed pretty easily on Thursday. I think that trend is going to continue. Something else that happened on Thursday was besides the fact that Mostert has been more efficient for the season, 3.77 yards per attempt as compared to Chase Edmonds, 3.04. He was used in the two minute drill. Now it just so happens that Chase Edmonds has all the touchdowns. Uh, one of them was a flip from Teddy Bridgewater, so that was a little lucky. But they've actually split goal line opportunities, so this is going to have to go back Mostert's way eventually. I do think they will lean a little more on the run game. Remember, uh, you know, coming from that Kyle Shanahan mind, I-, I can see this run game kind of being important with Teddy Bridgewater just managing this game to get to a win. Mm-hmm. So um, – I like I like Mostert as maybe a flex play this week. Chase Edmonds, I think there's a little bit of luck with the touchdown, uh, and, and that's basically what's going on. I, I mean, we need Tua back. We hope we get Tua back for fantasy, but we also hope that Tua has what's best for Tua. I want to say, too, like if you are somebody who's playing in a league, I mean, you're, you're starting Tua – and I know there's some pretty attractive quarterback options to maybe pick up if you're you need a quarterback with his absence. But and I've seen Teddy B being ranked relatively high in comparison to the other available options. Like, yeah. how do you feel about him versus the Jets as opposed to maybe going getting a like Geno Smith or someone like that? So if you're just talking about for this week only, then Teddy Bridgewater probably is a higher priority than Geno Smith, though it's hard to say because believe it or not, Geno Smith, uh, first of all, he finishes the QB2 last week. He finishes the QB7 the previous week, and he leads the entire NFL with a 73.3% completion rate. Geno Smith. I, I don't get it. Right? Like... Is anyone asking themselves, was he always the better quarterback for Seattle? Sorry, Russ. We're going to talk about Russ here too, Mm -hmm. because this is, this is getting interesting actually, it's getting juicier. Geno Smith's pretty good. I mean, and and it's been good for those of you who were able to take Lockett late, Metcalf late. I think that's going to, going to pay off. Now they had the Detroit Lions. So it was a bit of an easy matchup this week. Right. It's much tougher with the Saints. So that's why it's tricky. I think probably Teddy Bridgewater and Geno Smith are about the same. Geno Smith has proved it this year at a higher level, but 
Teddy Bridgewater has a much better matchup versus the Jets. So Jared Goff's the other one available in 50% of leagues, and he just looks like maybe he's really here to stay because the Detroit Lions offense has become so juicy for fantasy, right? Absolutely. They're always playing from behind. They have gone over the game totals in every game this year by an average of like 21 points. (laughs) It's not a small margin. And even without DeAndre Swift, without Amon Ross St. Brown, without DJ Chark, they still put up 45 on Seattle. So I don't think it's just how bad Seattle is. I think it's just how frisky Detroit is. And one of the players that's incredibly interesting is actually Josh Reynolds for your waiver wires this week. Um, First of all, he's kind of like a a handcuff for Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Should we start thinking about handcuffing our wide receivers, Eddie? I mean, wide receivers are now the most, I mean, to at least this year, the most important part of fantasy because they're, they're the ones putting up the points. And I know Reynolds has the height, maybe the end zone guy, but I feel, yeah, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown is clearly the number one option there, but having Reynolds, I'd be thrilled about because like you said, they're a potent offense, number one offense right now. So, so I'm on Ross St. Brown is clearly the number one, but let me yeah. give you some interesting stats that people may not realize. So besides the fact that Josh Reynolds went seven for eight with 81 yards and a touchdown, He has run no fewer than 30 routes per week, and he leads the team with a 71% catch rate. He also has uh, the biggest average depth of target, and he's played 78.6% of the snaps this year. And he has chemistry with Jared Goff. So I'm kind of in on the idea of adding Josh Reynolds anyway, because when on Mon Ross St. Brown comes back, maybe it's not G.J. Chark. Right. Jen, let me let me ask you this. I'm going to pat myself on the back because I think this is a, a good question that a lot of fantasy players have, and they're afraid of we're hitting on all these guys, the Jared Goffs, the Geno Smiths, and you mentioned like Russell Wilson struggling. When you're setting your fantasy lineup and you maybe you have one of those guys as a backup and say Russ Wilson's not playing well, but in your brain you're like, I know Russ, I trust Russ, Russ won a Super Bowl. I know what Geno Smith's been. I know what Jared Goff's been. Yes, I know Jared Goff's gotten to a Super Bowl, but everyone's kind of said McVay was telegraphing his passes and no one really trusts him. How do you, like, what is your their plea to these fantasy players? Like, p- start the guy who's playing better. Like, how do you shake off the the thoughts of, like, Jared Goff in the past, Geno Smith in the past, and putting these guys in your lineup as opposed to just sticking with the guys who are struggling, but they're the name brand? Yeah, um, I think it is time to make the switch for most of them. Though that being said, Russ had his best game of the year. And what was interesting about Russ is he started running again. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, But yeah, it's time to trust in Geno Smith and Jared Goff. Because you know what? At this point in the season, you're probably losing. (laughs) And you got to make a switch. you got to do something. Now, unfortunately, both those guys that I just mentioned don't have great matchups this week. So in that case, you may want to stick with the veteran. Because Tom Brady, even with a hurt shoulder, even with divorce papers on his desk, mm-hmm. um, might still be able to play better versus Atlanta um, than, say, Geno Smith versus the Saints, which is going to be a tough matchup. Um, so it is a case-by-case basis, but there is a point where you do have to shake off. I mean, do you remember we used to think that uh, – who, who, remember Ryan Tannehill yeah. when he first went to the Titans? Right. Everyone's like Tannehill's no good. Tannehill's no good. And then he came into the Titans and he was like a revelation all of a sudden, like the best completion rate. He was awesome. We had to shake that off. And these guys, Jared Goff and Geno Smith are perfect examples. They have done enough now at this point, four games into the season for us to start buying in. 
Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I think we've seen that, you know, Tannehill is another great example. The NFL is a very, what have you done for me lately kind of, uh, you know, viewpoint. And if we don't have patience, we'll never see these guys play this way. Josh Allen, another example of a guy, first two or three years struggled. Justin Fields kind of go through that now, but then Josh Allen becomes his great quarterback the best one of the best fantasy options one of the best quarterbacks in the league and i think that people just get like their ideas of what a player is and they'll never trust them for their fantasy lineups but like you just said like there's plenty of stats to, to prove for this year through four weeks that you have to play these guys and, let, and that's another good point too you're probably losing so then you, you, you should make the switch to them you're probably losing jared goff uh, is the number five qb for the season geno smith is qb nine Um, that is ahead of Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's the case. Um, so it's just time to, to recognize now, interestingly though, it is starting to even out, right? Carson Wentz is now QB 10 instead of like way up there, like QB three, it's starting Joe Burrow's creeping up there. Kyler Murray's actually number six. So even though his team is kind of stinks from time to time, he's still putting up the fantasy number. So there's also that, you know, draw the line between what the team is doing and what the fantasy player is doing. Mm-hmm. Because just like I said, the Detroit Lions, they may not win a lot of games. They keep, you know, they'll probably lose a lot of games, but they're still going to put up a lot of points and be great for your fantasy team, as have the commanders been in a lot of cases. The Lions are a gift from us from the fantasy gods because they have the most potent number one offense, but they're giving up the most amount of points. So what does that mean? Exactly. Like they're going to be coming from behind a lot of, a lot of passing situations and, and, and doesn't, don't worry. Like when Swift's healthy, he'll be fine. Jamal Williams has been great in his absence. Jamal so Williams like, yeah. leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Jamal Williams leads the league in rushing touchdowns more than Nick Chubb, more than Jalen hurts. Jamal Williams. It's crazy town. Uh, it was good to see Rashad Penny have a good game. Yes, he was a guy that we, we talked about in the offseason. We talked about Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, too. We were all we were high on the, the Hard Knocks team, too, so we could pat ourselves on the back for that one as well. Yeah, that was a that was a great game. So lots of lots of juicy goodness, and a lot of it you can buy into is what we're saying. It is time to go ahead and mm-hmm. believe in Jared Goff and, and Geno Smith in a lot of cases. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Caesar, Cleo, the Mannings, Henrik Lundqvist, and now yours truly, yes, Waiver Wired is now a proud member of the Caesars Empire. And your very first bet, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it back as a free bet. That bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app and use promo code CAESARFULL, C-Z-R-F-U-L-L, and go full Caesar this season. 21 plus, 19 plus and Ontario must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingHelp.org. That's MDGamblingHelp.org. Or visit West Virginia. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call one 800 
next step. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. That's B-E-T-S-O-F-F. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. License through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. Ontario, visit C-O-N-N-E-X-O-N-T-A-R-I-O dot C-A or call 1-866-531-2600 or text CONX, that's C-O-N-N-E-X, to 247-247. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. Um, Biggest news of the week probably is just the injury to the running back. So let's just dive into that. First, we saw the injury to Jonathan Taylor. It looks like he's going to be okay. He's expected to play on Thursday. But those of you who have Naheem Hines, uh, you must be feeling pretty good right now because even he's playing versus a tough Denver Broncos run defense. I don't know that he's going to be a complete snap share. I don't really even feel comfortable starting Jonathan Taylor. That being said, I don't know who you would necessarily start over him because that's how thin the position is. But if for whatever reason you have a glut of options, you could consider sitting Jonathan Taylor. It's not a good matchup this week. And quite simply, he just hasn't been himself lately. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing because you took Jonathan Taylor. You're assuming you're probably taking him first overall. Um, so then it's, it's one of those things where you feel ob- almost obligated to play him. I know he didn't, he was on the DNP for practice yesterday, but they, it, they didn't really practice. So you want to put him in, but like how effective will he be? If you have the handcuff and Hines obviously play him, but you have other options that are running back play him, but it's, it's a tough call. Again, it goes kind of back to what we're saying about the quarterback to play the better player. If you have the better player and you don't want to risk the injured guy, it's, I know it's tough to put the number one overall pick on the bench, but some cases like this, you may have to. So um, we dodged a bullet probably with Jonathan Taylor. He's probably going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, Cordero Patterson, who has actually been a top 10 running back this season again, um, is now in the IR for four weeks with a knee injury. So um, 
the tricky thing about this is guys don't go out and spend a lot of money on the waiver wire for Taylor, Tyler Algier. Um, you know, put in a, put in a small bid, but I think people are going a little bit crazy. Remember this guy didn't even crack the roster to start the season. Right. Damian Williams is due to come back in a week or two. And uh, people are forgetting that Caleb Huntley had the same amount of carries in the game and also looked really, really good and got the goal line work. So, you know, Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier, any of those guys, if you want to put a bid in for Damian Williams to build depth, yes. Don't get too excited uh, in that Atlanta run defense. Do, Do you feel that way too, Eddie, or do you like... Algier. Their defense is still, I know they struggle a little bit versus Mahomes and company, but this offense is not that. So I, I feel it's a case where, you know, it, I wouldn't go overspend on them. I still think they're playing from behind a lot. So a lot of our passing plays, but right. I, I do think that, you know, the other thing to, to it makes Cordell Patterson a, a great option when he's healthy is like his ability to be involved heavily in the passing game. And he's one of the best in the league at that. So again, I'm, I'm pretty much with you on, on that. It, it's, you gotta be, don't want to overspend and then have him have like a single digit, you know, fantasy output. And then you look like an idiot. And of course the biggest news is, uh, the Javante Williams torn ACL. He's definitely out for the rest of the season. Um, bummer. Such a bummer. Um, obviously, Melvin Gordon now steps up. He should be the bell cow back uh, right now with Mike Boone being the pass catching back. Mike Boone, when he's had more than a 50% snap share, has averaged more than 15 fantasy points per game. That being said, it's happened three times. He looked very good uh, rushing three times for 20 yards on Sunday. He was efficient. He looked fine in his limited role. I do think he's the one to add. Of course, they also signed Latavius Murray fresh off him scoring a touchdown for the Saints. I mean, crazy. The Saints were stupid to let him go, but they did, especially with the Alvin Kamara injuries and issues. But now we've got a 32-year-old Latavius Murray uh, further crowding this backfield. They needed to do it because, you know, Mike uh, Mike Boone is, is good. Uh, Melvin Gordon has fumbling ball security issues. And they're both getting older. Everybody's getting older. They needed the depth. But my guess is it's going to be mostly Gordon with a little bit of Boone. Yeah, I mean, the Latavius Murray thing, I, I'm hoping uh, because I, I'm a, a, I have I had Javante Williams on a team and I was lucky on another team I had Melvin Gordon. So I have like one good, one bad. I, I think Murray's probably more of a uh, roster depth scenario right. i'm hoping fingers crossed uh i think if you you know go through rankings i mean melvin gordon's somewhere probably in between the 15 and 20 range for running backs i think that's probably okay and i i'm hoping that he gets involved more i know he's had some fumbling issues and javante looked great which is makes it more devastating because i was pretty high on him coming in there but um yeah i think what you said is pretty much right if we, if we see a weird like three-headed monster running back, then I guess a guy that we also were high on because of the value you're getting with Melvin Gordon. That would be pretty disappointing. Yeah, so I would put in a decent bid for sure. Mike Boone because I think he's going to have opportunity. And, you know, you never know. Injuries happen. Mm-hmm. Committees happen. Uh, hierarchies change. So I'd be willing to do that. Now, let me ask you this. How do you think this changes, do, or do you think this changes the Denver offense? Because it was so great to see Russell Wilson finally have that fantasy day we've been wanting him to have. I think he finished the week as, what, the QB4? Let me just check right now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think QB three, QB three. He, you know, passed for two hundred thirty-seven yards, two touchdowns. He rushed for twenty-nine and scored one with his legs. Now look, if Russell Wilson can get back into being a mobile quarterback, this is going to help us out a lot. I think now. It does affect it in the sense that, you know, Javante and Melvin Gordon are a pretty good tandem. I think yeah. when you now lose Javante Williams, who's having a fine season, and then you go and bring up like Mike Boone, like you said, again, Mike Boone will fit in his role with Melvin Gordon being the, you know, pretty much the lead guy there. But it definitely, like Hackett has to definitely lean on Russell Wilson to do more. Um, it stinks for the Broncos, the second ACL injury to an offensive weapon. Obviously, Tim Patrick went down too. But I, I think, I, not that I was always thinking that Russell Wilson would be this bad. I think Russell Wilson has shown moments of being great, even from game one all the way until now. And obviously last week had a phenomenal game, but um, I think it was just the coaching was the, was the issue. And everyone always jokes, let Russ cook. I think really now you have to let him cook. You still have talented (laughs) weapons. And I think this should become a more pass dominant offense. Russell Wilson is still mobile. He's still throwing great deep balls, which is one thing we always known about. And you have, like I said, you have Jerry Judy, you have Corlin Sutton, you have, and and then Melvin Gordon could do his job. Like he's going to be fine in a committee, but this should now transition to more of a pass heavy attack. Uh, and you know, especially that division too. You can't. You got to win these games. You got to score a ton of points. It's a potent division. Like I, I think Russ. Now, if you have Russ, you're going to be pretty happy. This is my thought process too. I have the exact same thought process. When this happened, I thought, well, they're going to have to let Russ do his thing now. They're mm-hmm. going to have to, which is what they should have done to begin with. But I understand sure. the temptation when you have a player as talented as Javante um, and you have that tandem with more Melvin Gordon, but you don't anymore. That's a major weapon. You have to switch it. And you just gave this man a huge contract. And as you pointed out, he still has incredible deep ball skills. He actually is tied with Jalen Hurst for the most deep ball passing attempts this year. He has eight of 30 plus yards, which by the way, Fun player prop to target for Thursday night football is if he uh, goes over 35 and a half uh, for his longest completion. Hmm. That, that has happened twice this year. And I just love the way he throws these deep bombs to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Both of them hmm. have had huge long gains. So I kind of like it. I think it's a fun one. Um, you know, they held, they have, they have held opposing quarterbacks to only 219 yards per game. They held Patrick Mahomes to 262 yards per game, the Colts, but Patrick Mahomes got off a 53-yard completion in that game. So I just feel like this this script could be such that he launches one of his long balls, especially with no Javante Williams. I think they're going to let him loose a little bit. I think it it could be fun. So just a, just a player prop to think about for um, Thursday night. Um, yeah, and I, I was, you know, and I the other thing too is like just from uh, uh, you know looking at the AFC West, you know, Chiefs are three and one. They look to be backing themselves. The Chargers are still still very banged up. The Raiders are one and three. The Broncos in there mm-hmm. at five hundred, two and two. It's like like I said before, they have to win these games because this division's so tough. And you know, with the Chargers being so injured, to keep pace with the Chiefs and like you're going to have to be aggressive. They're going to have to change their style because there was so much pressure on Hackett early on for just miserable coaching uh, moves, and they were really close to not being at the record that like uh, honestly, like it's it's almost like shocking they even won um, those two games because of how bad they looked at certain times. First, like, you know, mediocre team. So I, I definitely think we're going to see a huge shift in what the Broncos, uh, you know, what they looked like early on versus now. Maybe they're one of these teams that kind of like the water finds its level and they actually look better. So um, I, I don't have any shares of Russ. I wish I did because uh, I think now he's going to he's going to shine. I'm overexposed. <laughs> I'm everywhere because he just kept coming up as a value, like mm-hmm. the way that I do my drafts. 
And this, remember I told you I won like all my leagues this week. Well, it was in no small part to Russell Wilson finally playing like Russell Wilson. And I had one league where I have Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. And actually I was like disappointed in Josh Allen this week. I was like, come on, Russ is showing you up. Not really. He's awesome. Um, okay. So moving along, Traylon Burks has turf toe, which is actually great news that it's not a surgical thing. So we should still see Traylon Burks this season. It was really depressing to see him uh, carted off the field. He was just kind of coming into his own. Uh, the Titans, uh, and Colts game was an interesting one. Derrick Henry looks like the King again. Oh yeah. I mean, he, He's a guy that I feel like a lot of people in the fantasy community are like eventually he's going to have to fall off the cliff. He's you know just the the, the wear and tear, the amount of carries. Um, obviously, Tannehill's had a pretty strange end to the season, into the off season, talking about how the, you know the severe depression he went into for how he played and how it clearly affected him. Um, and uh, you know relying on Henry and you lose AJ Brown. I know they did draft Traylon Burks and they had uh, Bobby Trees there, but it just wasn't the same Titans team that we've seen the last few seasons and I, I just felt like this was his time to, you know, maybe he just was going to get stopped and, you know, but no, like he, he's a guy that he gets going and he gets in his groove and now you're a couple weeks in he's, he's feeling himself. And I think that like, you're going to see Derrick Henry of old um, in spite of how, you know, the injuries and, you know, the lackluster play by, uh, by Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, I guess if you have Derrick Henry, you're pretty happy, but he was a guy originally I'll put my hand up. I was kind of avoiding because I did fear for that. I was into Derrick Henry. I have him on a couple teams and he's uh, been great the last couple weeks. And interestingly, being involved in the passing game has been so wonderful. He was on track to do that last season. I was, I thought they would get him back involved in the first two games. So I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong about that. But then these last two games, he has been back involved in the passing game. And now with Traylon Burks potentially down for a little bit, I think, I think that should continue. It's working. I mean, he had more receiving yards than Robert Woods in this game on Sunday. Yep. I mean, you're drafting him as a you know a top five pick. He's ranked right now going into this week around number five. So you're basically getting what you drafted him for. Can't ask for anything more, especially with how rough and how very strange the uh, running backs have been up and down. So if you, at least you're getting consistency with Derrick Henry. You could plug him in, RB1, not even worry about it. On the Colts side of this ballgame, I want to point out, um, because this is we're talking a little bit of waiver wire today, two interesting players, Alec Pierce, um, who has now been targeted 11 times across the past two games for 141 yards, had a very good day on Sunday, four catches for 80 yards. Now he's still only playing 49% of the snaps as compared to Pittman's like 90 plus percent. So just be aware. Um, but I think that increases and another interesting player prop for this weekend, uh, for, sorry, for this Thursday, 34 and a half receiving yards for Alec Pierce. That's it. Yep, um, I, I have Alec Pierce. Over. I have Alec Pierce on, on on a few teams there, and uh, you know, obviously with seeing what him having a pretty good game, he was a guy that a lot of people liked as a sleeper early on, and I, I could see him slowly getting involved in that offense. Um, you know, so I was happy about that, <clears throat> especially with you know uh, Michael Pippen having you know not a typical Michael Pippen game. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think that's super cause for concern. I think it's probably in a way mm-hmm. it almost will help Pittman to have a guy that you have to also cover on the offense, uh, especially if. Let's just say Jalen Taylor is banged up or potentially even misses the game, which he probably won't. But you want to always have another threat to take the pressure off the guy. And I think this is only going to help the Colts offense if he's going to play like this. But I don't think if you have Michael Pippen, you should be like, oh, no, Alec Pierce is going to take over. I think it's just ultimately a good thing. 
Well, they're different kinds of players completely. Sure. I mean, Megapin is the big bodied receiver. Yep. I mean, it, 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 anyway, um, there's a three tight end situation in Indianapolis that is really tricky because people were so excited about Jelani Woods and the two touchdowns, but he's never really on the field. Uh, if he's out there, he's probably there for this tight end purpose. I mean, for this touchdown purpose, I suppose. He's barely cracking the field. Moelle Cox is the one playing 60% of the snaps. Um, he had his two touchdown game this week. He has the second most uh, red zone targets. He's tied with Alec Pierce. They've each had three. Michael Pittman has had four. So Mo Ali Cox of the three is the tight end I would roster. Uh, it's interesting though, because Kendall Granson also getting a lot of targets just being used as a receiver. So Matt Ryan using his tight ends. I mean, look, maybe we should have seen this coming because of Austin Hooper's one great season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but the tricky thing is there's three of them. So if you're throwing a dart, if you're going to throw a dart at one of them, I would personally go with Mo Alley Cox in that situation. Yep. He is a guy too, that I try to get in one league of the same thought process, uh, <clears throat> big body, you know, maybe he'll get a touchdown and you'd be happy with, you know, it's it just the thing that's, I would struggle with, with the Colts is that there are some teams where there's only really one tight end option. It might not be a great option, right. but there's only one. You don't have to worry about one. other guys getting involved there. <laughs> But again, maybe this also the Jonathan Taylor injury may factor in if the Colts are going to be a little bit more pass dominant because of the injury that could help you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Jen. I would if you had a, if you had to pick one, it's going to be uh, Mo Ali Cox. Let's talk about the Commanders. So for the first couple weeks of the season, they were fantasy goodness. Um, Jahan Dotson actually has still remained a very good player, and and I think Curtis Samuel will remain a good player, and I would want him on my team. Jahan Dotson now out for a week, maybe two. I think that bumps up Curtis Samuel. Uh, Terry McLaurin has not been himself or what a lot of people expected. Um, And you noted correctly, Eddie, that Antonio Gibson's snap share is going down. He's being used less and less. Well, Brian Robinson is available. He could be activated soon uh, to the 53-man roster. It, they're one of the weirdest teams because, well, first of all, that uniform, whatever they decided to wear on Sunday. Oh, that, oh my God. Oh, atrocious. Oh, my God. That looked like, that uh, was I, I think Martin said on the EP, like Arizona State. It was, I mean, it was just, it was it ridiculous. Was, um, the, they are so weird. And I know that Carson Wentz kind of came back down to earth. We didn't expect much from him. He's been fine. We expected at least Antonio Gibson to be to to be of value. Has not been uh, right. been great, but like uh, now that's that's dropping. The one guy on offense, Terry McLaurin, everyone thought Scary Terry would be awesome. You know, going pretty high in drafts, nothing. And then now it's you know Dotson who has been scoring touchdowns at least and a very very promising rookie. He is now going. He's injured, so it's really just Curtis Samuel left. They're like the guys you expected there to be good are not good. And then the guys everyone and then back to Brian Robinson, who was a guy a sleeper in dress people liked. Now he's finally coming back. I think that's really bad news if you have Antonio Gibson. I think if you have Terry McLaurin, you're probably really happy about the the Jahan Dotson injury, but uh, Jahan Dotson too is a guy not maybe well it could be a league winner because of where you got him in drafts, but I think Terry McLaurin also like people spend high picks on him and he has not been performing, so maybe you'll uh, you'll get something out of him. And yeah, Curtis Samuel's been pretty steady, so I guess he's the one constant. But very very strange offense. Like everything is pretty much on the opposite for uh, the Commanders. Brian Robinson should be added if he's on your waiver wire. You should definitely add him because he has the potential midway through the season to take over this backfield and and potentially help you down the stretch to the playoffs. So he has a priority on the waiver wire if you have the ability to add him. 
All right. Let's talk about the Steelers. I want to like, as I was talking about the Steelers this morning, I was like, can I get $50 if I can get through an entire radio or podcast without mixing up Pickett and Pickens when I'm talking about it? Because <laughs> it's going to be tricky. Um, okay. So obviously Mitch Trubisky was not doing a lot for this offense. Mike Tomlin decided he needed a spark. He pulls Trubisky at halftime. He puts in Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett gives him the spark, right? He goes out there, rushes for two touchdowns, completes 10 of his 13 passes, looks way better than Trubisky, also throws three picks. So certainly not perfect, but he changed his average depth of target. He was targeting guys um, at a rate of 13.2 yards uh, at a time. Mm -hmm. That is a huge difference. He was moving the ball and that's what we want to see for our fantasy teams. And it seemed like the biggest beneficiary was George Pickens. Now, once Pickett came into the game, George Pickens had a 33.3% target rate on his routes run. Now, for comparison, in the previous three weeks, he had a 12.9% target rate on his routes run. He ended up with six grabs for 106 yards, um, and he's tied with Claypool now for 11 targets on the season. Claypool didn't catch either of his targets on Sunday. Now, I don't want to overreact, but... A simple eye test will tell you that George Pickens is an incredibly talented receiver and it's very likely that he could jump Chase Claypool on this depth chart and he's somebody you should target on your waiver wire now that they've officially made the move, it sounds like, going forward to Kenny Pickett. And by the way, I think this is the right move because if the whole idea was Mitch Trubisky being a veteran but he still can't complete 60% of his passes and he can't move the offense and he can't win you games then let the kid learn. Yep. Right? Jen, I have oh my god, I have so many thoughts about this. This first of all, it's like this is me, you, everyone, EP network, and wherever you could have guessed this, like, oh, four weeks in, you change the, that's like the mark. Four weeks in, you change the quarterback, and I don't want to poo poo Mitch. From everything I've read, Mitch is a great, hardworking nice guy. guy. Everyone loves him. I know yeah. Mike Tomlin said we don't plan to play Kenny Pickett at all this season. Well, that changed, you know, after a month. But, you know, he is what he is. He was a guy that probably went too high in the draft, but he had this pedigree. He bounced around, and you just know we're going to get from him. He's a mobile guy, but but he's not going to really throw the ball in the field. And sure, Kenny Pickett threw those three picks. But you know, one, you talk about Claypool off Claypool's hands on on one of them. But Kenny Pickett's giving them the spark. He's giving this good roster. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's gonna he's gonna attack the defense, and that's what you want to see. And and it also makes life a lot easier for Najee Harris because everyone on the defense is like, well, we're just gonna stuff exactly. the box. Najee's not gonna do anything because Mitch is not a threat. He's not a threat to push the ball. And now having Kenny Pickett in there, and obviously George Pickens was the talk of the offseason. He was skyrocketing in drafts, which we covered. And now you may actually you know reap some benefits from him. And I, I think. You know, I think Kenny Pickett coming into that game, I know it was the the Jets, so I guess it made sense from that standpoint. But um, coming into a game uh, at halftime is pretty tough. It wasn't, you know, you're not mentally prepared for that. I think he actually maybe will be smarter in the upcoming game. I know their schedules are super – the schedule is brutal. Like I – I'm afraid of any Steelers plays because of how tough the schedule is. Um, just because yeah, I think they may this week. 
But I think also yeah. if they're, they're if they're down, they're losing games. Kenny may have to throw the ball around a lot. Um, so I I get kind of why Tomlin put him in to, to get his feet wet before this brutal stretch they have. But I um, it, it was it tough. I know we were joking about on, on extra points that uh, what's the grade you would give Kenny Pickett and check. You know the Steelers fans said A minus B plus. I don't think it's that high, um, but I think he's not super wrong because it is a tough scenario. But again, this Steelers roster is very good. They were just struggling in quarterback. And I know he's young, but he's the hometown kid and he will give them a chance because he's not afraid to take chances. So I'm a fan of this move. Um, I just wish coaches were more honest uh, and not saying we're not going to play them the entire season because everyone knew that that week four mark uh, is probably what's going to happen. And um, I think if you have their receivers, you're going to be pretty happy because he's going to be chucking the ball. And I think the same thing for Najee Harris too. It's just a little bit lighter uh, up front. Uh, His front seat he'll be facing won't be as tough. So um, I guess we should all be happy about this, this move to pick it. I think so. I think it's going to help all of our fantasy weapons. As you said, uh, I completely agree that this helps out people who have Najee Harris. Now Najee Harris is going to be a lot more free to run. I mean, they still don't have a great O-line, but (laughs) yes, there was no threat with Mitch Trubisky. They could just be all over Najee and now they can get more creative with Najee. Maybe they'll get more creative with Chase Claypool too. I don't know. Um, But it, it was time for a change, and I'm glad they made it because Pickett's going to be their future anyway. Sure. Better – if you're going to lose, then you may as well him learn yeah. along the way and just just trust him, right? Because that's what was happening. They weren't getting wins because they had a veteran. They were still losing. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a good move. On the other side of this game, um, there was also an incredible quarterback. Do you know Braxton Berrios? Oh, He's man. Great. Beautiful throw. Beautiful. No, but really, Zach Wilson coming in. We were all concerned. We're like, Joe Flacco has actually been great for the Jets. Zach Wilson comes in, actually puts up a pretty solid fantasy day for you, too. Um, Corey Davis is someone on a lot of waiver wires Mm -hmm. that you may want to consider adding. Uh, He had a lot of chemistry with Zach Wilson last year, too. And, you know, Garrett Wilson, obviously, is still probably the number one guy, but Technically, Corey Davis leads all Jets wide receivers with 261 yards and two receiving touchdowns, despite having 13 fewer targets than Garrett Wilson. I know that's crazy. And the Jets continue to lead the league with pass attempts. They have 193 because they're likely in negative game scripts a lot. Mm -hmm. So Davis's seven targets led the team this Sunday. He caught five of seven targets for 74 yards and a touchdown, and he should probably always be in the flex conversation, but even better for this week specifically, if you're streaming, they've got the Miami Dolphins. They've surrendered the fifth most yards to opposing wideouts in 2022, and I think the second most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So Zach Wilson, perhaps another streaming QB option if he's available. Yeah, um, I like that. I like I love the fact that they're just throwing the ball so many times. Um, it has not changed from Flacco, which is something that we did talk about. And, you know, Corey Davis, you know – the young guys get all the all the shine there. Obviously, Garrett Wilson and uh, Elijah Moore, but Corey Davis is no slouch. They signed him to a big contract for a reason. He had his, you know a, a really solid season with Tennessee before he came over there, and he was a guy that obviously you know in the NFL draft was drafted fifth, I think, and everyone expected humongous things from him. But he's good at what he does. Like he's not the flashy, uh, super high end receiver, but he's going to be a guy that will get open. Zach Wilson clearly has chemistry with him, so if you have Corey Davis in the flex, I know I try to get after him on, on one league, um, so I'm. A fan of that and I just love no matter what you know who are you having the Jets offense they will probably get targets because of like you said they're going to be down in games and Zach Wilson throws the ball he has a great arm so he's going to try to find overs open and uh, you know their O-line may be not as 
bad in shape as we thought. Elijah Vera Tucker had a solid game uh, for them moving over from guard to tackle, so he has his blind side protected. So there are some positives you could find there, and their ground game is still going to be good with the two-headed monster there. So like they're a pretty complete offense, and um, I, I think if you have, you know, it's weird to say, but if you have some Jets players, some Jets weapons, don't feel afraid. Play them. Coming off Monday Night Football, I think the question that we have to ask is, is there any Rams player you feel comfortable starting right now other than Cooper Cup? Ugh, I'm I'm an idiot, Jen, because I drafted – I used so much – like when you draft Cam Akers, I drafted him, I believe, in I think it was the fourth round. It's a league with keepers or whatever. And I'm like, I have to find a way to play him. And he did uh, – I believe he outtouched Daryl Henderson – but then they used Darrell Henderson more in the passing game. And the only, uh, like, I think it was 0 for 1 in targets uh, Cam Akers was. Like, it, it's just a struggle. Like, they, they, they brought up Malcolm Brown from the practice squad because they don't trust these running backs. Like, they're struggling so much. And Stafford's forcing the ball only to Cooper Cup. He was one uh, target shy of his record. He had 19 targets. Like, A-Rob is just a decoy out there he is just a, like a guy that like oh yeah he used to be really good and now he just lines up and runs around and that's that um I know Higby had a monster game in terms of targets and catches but I feel like it's pretty erratic with him it's just the the one constant is is Cooper Cup this offense like it it, it is so weird they're I mean look they won the Super Bowl can't be that negative about them last year but you know it's funny that they moved on from Jared Goff. Jared Goff's having a great season. Matt Stafford looks pretty lost out there. And Cup is really dragging this team. And, you know, they can't beat the Niners, so I'm not shocked by the result of the game. But I am pretty shocked about, like, the stat sheet, if that makes sense. And that it's just yeah. a very weird thing going on in L.A. right now. It is very, very weird. And um, I actually took the under on the Cam Akers rushing guards. Uh, yeah. And then they announced that they promoted Brandon Powell. And I was like, oh. Good call, Jen, on this one. Mm-hmm. I didn't start him. Um, I still think Cam Akers is talented, and I'm still – if I'm, I'm holding him, if any way possible, I'm not dropping him. But I'm not starting him right now. I just yeah. can't do it. I, well, I mean, also it was just a tough matchup. It was yeah. the Niners matchup. So it's not like – you know, it's not like it was easy. It's not like they were facing Seattle and he stunk or Houston and he stunk. Yeah. And I would still play him if they were facing Houston or Seattle. You know, I still will. But I think for now he is not. He's in flex conversation at best. Tyler Higby has become a start, a weekly start. Cooper Cup, who so many set people said is going to bust this year, is averaging one fantasy point more per game he did through the first four games last he's year. He's going to break – I mean, he's on pace. I know we have an extra game, but he's going to break Michael Thomas's single-season catch record. Like, I mean, he's like – it's insane how – like, it's the targets, and he creates so much for himself, and he gets open when no one else is doing anything, I guess, really besides Tyler Higby in the passing game. So it's uh, it's incredible. If you drive the Cooper Cup, you're, you're thrilled. Uh, if you have the chance to get him, he is – you know, he, he can't say enough good things about the guy, and he is the like the lone bright spot in this very strange Rams offense. Yeah, Cooper Cup putting up 26 points in the game last night. Matt Stafford putting up six. Six. I, I don't know what's going on with Stafford. Maybe it is the elbow injury. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. McVay, as like you know, said before with Goff, like McVay was the guy telegraphing him. He got Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford, I, I would say, is definitely more talented than Jared Goff, so it doesn't make any sense what's going on here, which is why I think it's an injury. Maybe it is the lack of a real true running game. Um, you know, Cam yeah. Akers, 
he was very good in the end of last season. Maybe he's one of those guys like Derrick Henry who just needs a couple games to get going, and then he's better. He's better later in the year. But it's very strange. What's what's? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't feel uh, safe at all besides uh, Cup or Higby in my lineup. They need to fix it. Um, would you take the Rams to win the Super Bowl if you could get like I don't know twelve to one odds? Hmm. I would. I don't think so. I don't think so at this mm. point. I mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. I I think that division's tough. Um, I know people are down on the Cardinals, but I think the Cardinals are only going to get better when they get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back. The Niners' defense is very very tough, and you know Jimmy G will just beat Jimmy G as we've seen every single year, where he'll find a way to just manage games and win games. Um, so I and you know the the Seahawks. I mean, they were going to be an afterthought, but Geno Smith's keeping them in game. So it's one of those things where the division's tough enough and they struggle with some of those teams in the division. And I just, you, you can't trust that without a running game, with Stafford playing the way he's playing, I don't think they're in any position to, I, no, I wouldn't take that. Phillies are, oh, sorry, I keep calling them the Phillies. Well, because they're in the playoffs. The, baseball season. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are, uh, yeah, the Phillies are going to the playoffs, <laughs> um, which is awesome. The Brewers are out. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, can I just take it just a slight uh, detour here? Yeah. MLB is playing this Aaron Judge thing so wrong. Every time they cut in on ESPN and college football and show Aaron Judge striking out and losing his triple crown, everybody who doesn't watch baseball, first of all, thinks Aaron Judge sucks. <laughs> and second, they're ruining Aaron Judge because they shouldn't be changing anything. And third, who cares? Until you're threatening Barry Bonds, I don't need cut-ins in the middle of my other stuff. And you know I'm the biggest baseball fan ever, and this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm an Astros fan because I love the Yankees too. I lived in New York for many years. I've been to more Yankees games than I have Astros games. Full confession. But stop it. Stop it. You're ruining Aaron Judge. And now he's almost out of time. And plus, Eddie needs to win the bet. I he do. needs to get to 62. <laughs> I do. I mean, I get uh, – I. Yeah, it's he's definitely um, having a, the, the bats are a lot tougher. Like uh, you know, I was watching. Uh, obviously, I'm watching a lot of the games, but Michael Kay or whoever's been doing the games with him, they've been talking about like just the pitches he's been seeing, and it's they've been so like he gets maybe one good pitch to hit per at bat, and he's been in a lot of walks, and he has the most. Uh, called strikes below the knees in the MLB by like a wide, by like 10, 12, you know, guys, um, uh, pitches rather. So it's like one of those things where, yeah, when you're putting him in on, on the, on ESPN, we have the cut-ins, it looks like it's never going to happen. That you have said, to leave like, him alone. Like yeah. stop marking the ball, stop doing all this. Just let him play. Yeah. If you would just let him play, he would do this. You're freaking everything out. Everybody. You're, you're, you're too much pressure. It's too much pressure. Yeah. Stop it. Hopefully he hits it. I mean, he needs more like series, like midday series first, like the the uh, Texas Rangers to break it instead of those like I mean, Saturday out of time. He's like yeah. he's basically done. But here's the deal. I mean, he has the Rangers. He should be able to do it. But here's the deal. Like, why are we making some record out of like it's the most home runs in the AL? Who cares? Unless and it's been done before a few times when you when you're threatening Barry Bonds. I mean, when you get up around 70, mm-hmm. then you can cut into the college football game. Mm-hmm. You cannot cut into the fall- college football games for someone that's maybe t- that's tying a record in one league. That's like saying like, okay, um, Matt Stafford is about to pass for the most yards in the NFC yeah. and you're cutting into the World Series. Don't do it. Like, no, it's weird. So just stop. Anyway. Yeah. I, I just think, uh, to round us out, I just think that 
the MLB and the networks are really trying to force us that like we're not going to count the steroid era. And I'm not even saying I'm, I I think the Bonds record should count. The steroid stuff doesn't bother me, but uh, I think it does bother a lot of people, including the the Maris family. So I think that's kind of the reason why. Yeah. Anyway, we can discuss whether or not Aaron Judge might also be on juice, but I won't go into I don't, that. I don't um, think he. I that I don't little, think he is, but I'm a little suspicious. I'll be honest. Although contract year, you know. Speaking of Lamar Jackson contract year, these people play better when they have the need. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A few more players for the waiver where I just want to throw out there before I wrap up. Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, we, you know, we, I'm not sure if we mentioned McKenzie on the pod or not, but with Jamison Crowder leaving the game in a boot, um, McKenzie kind of should bump up your boards. Um, he's also out with concussion, but this is a high power build Bills offense. Um, he's found the end zone in three of his last four contests, which is second only to Stefan Diggs. So McKenzie uh, is someone that you want to add, especially if you're in a league where he's available. He's probably not available in deep leagues, but if he is, you should go ahead and bid on McKenzie. Rashad White, um, you may want to consider adding. Lenny looks a little tired. He rushed for negative yards in the Chiefs game. So Rashad White got more opportunity and he might be someone that you want to add for depth because we're always looking for running back depth. We had a couple questions coming through the mailbag. So before we wrap up, let's grab those. Um, sure. Do you have those? Eddie? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, the, awesome. the first one is from uh, Shelby Harris. Um, you just brought up Rashad White. So would you prioritize Rashad White or Corey Davis? I'm the guy we just talked about with this lineup. So between Rashad White or Corey Davis. Oh, it's really hard. I probably need to look at your lineup, but the answer is probably Corey Davis, uh, because Rashad White's opportunity could take a while to come. And I think he's, you know, just going to get you a few points here and there. So if you really need a running back insurance, maybe, but Corey Davis is someone that could actually help you win potentially like this week. Mm -hmm. So my answer is probably Corey Davis. Um, Wendy Early is asking, do you think it's time to drop Cam Akers? The backfield's a mess. We just talked about two, Jen, you said, but maybe flex play. That is such... Such a timely question. Um, it depends on obviously your um, bench size and your comfort, but it is safe to drop cam makers in shallower leagues and move on if you need to. I personally am holding as long as I can because uh, I do think he will have opportunity later in the season as he gets healthier and as the Ram op- Rams offense figures it out. But in the meantime, if you need to drop him, girl, you drop him. He hadn't been doing us right lately. 
And uh, I believe the last question from Corey McPhee, a two-parter, um, asking which quarterback to stream this week, which we talked about some, and then uh, should I put Melvin Gordon in the lineup this week? I could even answer that. The answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes, especially if no Shaq Leonard for the Colts, which I understand he's still not going to be back. Yeah, he's banged up. The Colts really need Shaq Leonard back. It, I think it has made the biggest difference of all. If they don't have their defense right, it's just – it's trouble. Um, which quarterback stream this week? Um, I'm leaning Zach Wilson and Teddy Bridgewater. Those are kind of my favorites for the week. Obviously, if Jared Goff is available, get him. Uh-huh. Uh, just because you're going to want him long-term, not just for this week. And Geno Smith, I really, really like. I just don't like this week's matchup. So if we're talking about streaming for this week, I think Zach Wilson is my favorite uh, if he's available. Great. Thank you, folks, for writing in. Extra Points Pod. Tweet at Jen. Tweet at myself. Tweet at uh, anything. We'll find it. Facebook, YouTube comments. We'll find it all. And then uh, Jen will answer them on the show. So thank you for participating. We will. Uh, we'll also give Eddie props for saying Will Disley was going to uh, be an ad this week. He scored again. I, I, you know, I look at it. He's not really running the routes. He's not, it doesn't make sense why he's scoring, but he is. Um, so, yeah, Will Disley someone to keep on the radar. Good call by Eddie last week. I'm such an idiot because I said that, and I'm just like, he's a guy that you never feel great about starting, but he'll always end up scoring a touchdown. And I was like, I'm hoping that uh, I spent you know, a decent amount of you – know, I, I got good value on him on uh, Dalton Schultz coming back from the injury and I just thought hey Cooper Rush has been playing really well maybe we'll get a couple targets to get back involved and I'm like I gotta play him again this is what I talked about earlier on with the quarterback stuff I don't know if I want Dak to come back well right and you're, you but when you spend good draft picks on players you want to play them because you want to feel you know vindicated about that and then you go and see like Will Disley he was like what he had like four catches or something but he had a touchdown yeah. and I just I, I I felt it I knew he was going to score Geno Smith like we talked about a lot in this pod has been really good and and um, I was dumb for not listening to my own advice. Nah, I mean, it, it made sense. I, I made this do. I, I switched this out, I think, 10 times between Taysom Hill and Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill, Dalton Schultz. Because I was like, oh, Taysom Hill, Jameis is injured. They're going to put him in for a package. Maybe he'll even take over at quarterback. And I was like, Jen, don't be stupid. Maybe they won't use him at all. You're getting full Dalton Schultz. He's back. He's fine. He's a cowboy. He's on your team. Dumb move. Luckily, still won my week, but would have won it a lot handier without a big old goose egg from Dalton Schultz. So ugly in the lineup. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was angry. I was also angry about Tony Pollard this week, like 1.9 points, but whatever. He'll be fine. It was an anomaly. Uh, Melvin Gordon, guys, is the lead back in Denver this week. Don't forget that when you're setting your lineups. It's a decent matchup. And... Uh, Wow, another pack full week. Remember, visit us at extrapoints.com slash arcade. Play the NFL Pick'em Contest with us for your chance to win $100. Don't forget to subscribe to this Money Grab feed and get your waiver wire podcast every week. We are here for you. You can shoot us questions at Jen Piacenti at that Eddie Murphy. We're going to help you win your leagues. Even if you started rough, don't worry. There's plenty of time to turn it around. Thank you.